Hey guys, welcome back to our third episode of Happily Ever Economics. Today we're going to be talking about the recent news of the banks collapsing. Yeah, so it's been a big thing in the news recently about some banks in the US and Switzerland have gone under, including Credit Suisse, SVB and First Republic. So we're kind of going to go a bit into all of them and share our thoughts. Yeah, so I think the recent news has really exposed the systematic risk within the banking sector. Um, so it all started off with SVB or Silicon Valley Bank in the US, which went under on the 10th of March in 2023 and was said to be the largest bank failure since the financial crisis. Because mm-hmm. it was shut down after its investments greatly decreased in value and its depositors started to withdraw large amounts of money among other factors. Yeah, so this is called the run of the banks and it's quite a common theme in when a bank goes under, it's caused by people getting panicked and going to withdraw their money, which basically forces the bank to um, close. Yeah, the bank is basically forced to sell off their assets in order to increase their liquidity so they can pay off the the people's deposits if you want to withdraw them. I think one of the main reasons why people did withdraw their money from SVB was because a lot of their deposits were uninsured. Um, which is particularly because of the amount of startups in that region. So, yeah, deposits over 250,000 are unsured. So that's why people mm-hmm. withdrew them. Yeah, I think it's down to the, the nature of what they were dealing with at the bank, which meant it was, yeah. as soon as it went wrong, it was going to go quite badly wrong. Yeah, it's quite similar to the high-risk assets mm-hmm. um, in 2008. SVP was also lending and working with a lot of um, really innovative technology companies. So um, it became challenging for these companies because like they really needed that finance in order to like keep up with their high growth mm-hmm. rates and high innovation rates. So it was quite difficult for them to have like find placement services, especially in the short term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and SVB was really dependent on like interest rates. So when the interest rates in America started to rise from being zero money interest rates, they really had to start selling some bonds, and then they were losing money in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was to do with the the Federal Reserve attempting to control inflation. So they started to raise interest rates about a year ago. Yeah, and then if you talk about what the government did to react to the issues going on in the U.S. banking system. Um, to help reduce the scale of the issue, they stepped in to provide additional liquidity to other banks as well as providing the deposit money of the SBB and Signature Bank's customers in order for them to well continue functioning and be able to withdraw their deposits. The Federal Reserve also offered money to people with uninsured deposits, which is something that they don't really normally do. So it just kind of shows the severity of the situation. They want to try and contain the situation as quickly as possible because we know how dependent banks are on each other, especially following the financial crisis in 2008. Also, it creates moral hazard because mm-hmm. banks could become really dependent on like <laughs> the governments to help them get out of situations like this and perhaps it would increase risk taken mm-hmm. by these banks. Yeah, exactly. If they know they're going to be bailed out, they'll take more risks in the future. Um, and so if we, well, despite the fact that the government tried to get involved to prevent the spread, it did in fact spread. So we know that Signature Bank then proceeded to collapse. And also, it wasn't just contained within the US, it spread to Europe, where Credit Suisse went bankrupt shortly after. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Signature Bank was really kind of due to Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, because they had to withdrew, to withdraw loads of money for at the heels of the collapse of SVB, and then regulators were really fearing that then they decided to close it to contain the panic caused within Signature Bank. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, for Credit Suisse, we could argue that it was it was due to the fact that there was a failure within the US banking system, but also... If you look at the history of Credit Suisse, um, there's been a large, well, a large history of scandals within within the bank. Um, but despite this, I think it was the final cause that caused. Despite this, I think it was um, the collapse of U.S. banks that was the final trigger of Credit Suisse's collapse. So I think also like the reasons why after Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, that other banks collapsed as well is because consumer confidence kind of fell meaning that people weren't putting their money and like they were t- they weren't putting their money into the bank they were withdrawing it from banks to reduce like uncertainty within the areas yeah i mean to combine your point with holly's it's sort of the mixture of the scandals and what's happening over in america is kind of combining together to produce yeah. really low consumer confidence so they have no faith in credit Suisse already due to their history and then things are going wrong in the US, so it's just um, billions were withdrawn from the bank. And I think the kind of scale of it, because the scandals weren't just in Switzerland, they were really like global. So they had money laundering for Japanese gangs, Bulgarian drug traffickers, Mozambique, yeah, taxation in the US. It was just a long list of different countries, so that kind of increased the scale of the collapse. And also, many people thought. Uh, a bank like Credit Suisse would be too big to fail. So then when it came to the point where they were failing, it then came to they're too big to save. So mm-hmm. it's a sense again of... I mean, the yeah, the Swiss um, National Bank offered $50 billion as financial support, but as Erin was saying, it, the bank was just too big for that to be able to save them. But that does link back to the moral hazard thing, like the bank would have known that had it collapsed it would have taken more risks that were not good risks to take yeah um so moving on from credit suisse and the others we've also had a couple days ago um another u.s bank go under uh, the first republic bank which um well uh customers pulled out a hundred billion dollars in deposits in march so that's just that's kind of when it started towards the end of March. And then it has collapsed recently because the shares have fallen around 90% over a month. So, mm-hmm. And I think we'd probably say that from the start of this sort of 2023 banking crisis, it's probably the largest victim to go under. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it was ranked as the 14th largest lender in the US at the end of last year. So it shows how important it will actually be in the US economy. And you have Joe Biden saying that they're ensuring the banking system will be safe and sound. But as it is such a big part of the US economy, how will the impact be in the coming weeks? I think what was also a big issue was that on the surface, it looked like a very secure, safe bank. Didn't take many risks. and There was nothing alarming. So... I think the key is that we need to try and work out a way to spot these risks that are some like are under the surface that aren't as obvious. Mm. But it's also that the banks within the US and Europe are 
like the least safe in the world. The safest banks are found in like Asia and Dubai and the UAE and those areas. What um, First Republic shares with Silicon Valley and Signature Bank is that their model wasn't it wasn't able to adapt to rising interest rates. Um, so that's why they eventually failed under the new rising interest rates. Oh, I also think when SVB and Signature Bank failed, a lot of other banks that had deposits and investments in those two banks pulled out and they went to First Republic because it is seen as one of the most stable banks in the country. So again, that kind of, yeah. Yeah, because within all these banks failing, stocks of course crashed throughout you know many countries in the world. With like mid-sized banks seeing like twenty or thirty, and sometimes even I think up to sixty percent losses in a day, and these stocks will of course continue to fluctuate. Um, it's interesting to see, as we've mentioned, how the collapse of these banks links to the two thousand and eight global financial crisis, which began in a very similar way which we're going to be exploring in our next episode. So stay tuned for part two. (laughs) Thank you for listening.